I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's go! I'm excited for the players, I'm excited for the supporters, uh, more than myself. It is a real satisfying place to be in as the manager, knowing that what the players have delivered so far this season. We're really excited for the day, there's no getting away from that. It's been a difficult season for all, especially the fans who have not been able to come in and support the team and the way it's went, but you know, hopefully we can we can finish on a high and look forward to what the, what the future holds. What the future holds. The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, hosted by Paul Cooney, Stephen Cragen and John Hart. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 17 17 700. Yeah, 10 years in the making for Rangers and they get the title this afternoon after the match against Aberdeen. Stephen Cragen is with us. John Hartson is with us. It's Scott Brown's last appearance as a Celtic player. The captain is playing this afternoon. And also St. Johnson against Livy playing for that vital fifth spot. Someone, well, St. Johnson could secure European football today. Let's start off, Stephen. John, good afternoon. Great to have you with us. Or good late morning. Stephen, what's the Rangers and Aberdeen team news for from Ibrox. Well, I think from during the week there's one change. Alan McGregor, who's been absolutely terrific all season long, comes back into the side. John McLaughlin played against Livingston during the week. So it's as it was from uh, Wednesday night. James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, uh, Jack Simpson, and uh, who will play, and Joe Reba will play left back. Midfield duo, Stephen Davis and Glenn Kamara. Yanis uh, Hadji will play just ahead of those two. And the front three of Roof, Kent and Morellas, who of course they got three goals during the week at Livingston. Uh, looking to go through the season unbeaten in the league so Steven Gerrard hasn't messed about he's put his strongest team out uh, these boys have been terrific throughout the season for them and they'll want to make sure they enjoy the game and enjoy the occasion of course they want to win also uh, for Aberdeen Joe Lewis comes back in I remember in a, it was a right. cup game against Livingston he damaged his rib Gary Woods came in to replace him but I think he dislocated his shoulder during the week so he misses out but Joe Lewis is back in Tommy Holman Andy Considine Callum Hendry Ryan Hedges Dylan McGear Johnny Hayes Connor McLennan who's actually going to play right back Lewis Ferguson, uh, Florian Camberry, and young Jack McKenzie will play at left back. So, all emphasis on Rangers, Aberdeen going to try and make a name for themselves. John Hartson, we see the pictures on Sky as the teams arrive. Both teams I saw, uh, you could see the fans are out today. Stephen Gerrard said, please stay away if you can. Please do. Um, but it's such a massive day for Rangers. They've waited a long, long time, you know, from going up to the hedge at Brecon and all the rest just a few years ago. And I know you'd want to say, you know, well done to them today. Well, of course I've said it and on a numerous occasions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've said it, Rangers have been by far the... Yeah. The best team in Scotland this season and they deserve a lot of credit from that. I think Steven Gerrard came in three years ago. <clears throat> He's been great for Scottish yep. football, you know, to have such a huge name like like Stephen is. Um, going into management, his first proper role. I think he did the the academy and the youth teams at mm-hmm. Liverpool. Um, but no, they, they've been by far in every department this season the better team and the fans want to celebrate naturally, but like everything else, you know, nobody has a problem with them celebrating, enjoying themselves, having a few beers, no doubt. But it's just go. It's just hope that it all goes without any sort of you know uh, yeah. stuff where that we don't really want to be talking about. You know, where we behaves themselves, you know. But um, 
you know, today, again, you know, they've got that opportunity to go through the season unbeaten in the league. And again, that will just be another notch on, on Steven Gerrard's, you know, managerial career. He'd like to do that, I'm sure, today. He's desperate to do that, isn't he? Because Celtic did it under mm. Brendan Rodgers and uh, they didn't do it in the Cup, Stephen. So th- this is now massive for them. Could you see any way that it couldn't happen today? In all honesty, no. No. I, I don't think, think anyone thinks no, that, do they? I think Aberdeen have had a disappointing season. Stephen Glass has come in, he's going to try and turn things around long term. But I think short term, his team are miles away from where they would like to be or where they should be as a club like Aberdeen. But no doubt, uh, Rangers will be firing on all cylinders. They'll be aggressive in their approach. And I think, you know, as much as some people from the outside are saying, you know, if they go unbeaten, great. If they don't, it doesn't really matter. But I think if you're involved in that Rangers dressing room, that Rangers team, you've worked ever so hard. You've had so many disappointments over the last what, last two or three years. You want to lay your marker down. But what they have to do, Paul, is enjoy today. That's fine. But by t- tomorrow, it's forgot about. This season will have been gone. And that's where the top players, the top managers, the top clubs do that very quickly. They enjoy it when it lasts, then they move on and all focus now will then move towards next season. Stephen Gerrard's day today and they're saying that Monday, look out Celtic fans, they say it's going to be Eddie Howe day. Now we've heard it for weeks and weeks, but it looks as though it's about to happen and that, that would make sense. So for Celtic, it is the end of the era today. John, you've got the Celtic team news and the Hibs news there. Second against third at Easter Road. Yes, well, first of all, I'll go with the home team. Uh, Hibs, they made, I think, it's seven or eight changes today. Probably Jack Ross looking towards yeah. the, the final next mm-hmm. week, of course. Yes, Porteous and Gogic, uh, a lot of their mainstays are in the team. So we start um, Hibs, Marciano in goal, Gray at light, uh, right back, Porteous, McGregor, Stevenson left back, Gogic in front of the back four, Holberg, a midfield of Holberg, Newell and Murphy, and uh, McGuinness uh, will get in and around right, who leads the line today for Hibs. From a Celtic point of view, we heard John Kennedy talk. He wants to finish the season very strong. On a personal note for him, they had a wonderful result against St. Johnson midweek. Uh, no Adam Montgomery, who had, a, who had a start midweek. No James Forrest. Um, so a few changes for Celtic. Barkas in goal. Kenny, a back four of Kenny, Ayer, Welsh and Taylor. Left back. Brown in his natural position, uh, Turnbull, Christie, McGregor and Elianusi supporting Edward um, will play through the middle. So it's a big day for Celtic, a massive day for for Scott Brown. Uh, They'll want to go and he'll want to finish off on a high. Um, But I think John has picked the relatively strong. I'm hoping as well today, Paul, that we see a bit more of um, Karamoko Dembele. What about his goal the other night? Oh, magnificent. Uh, He's the future. He's the the future for Celtic. You know, these are the type of players you want to be looking at the future and building around, you know, the likes of him, the likes of Turnbull. Will Lee Griffiths get on today against, Mm. against a team that, you know, he used to play for in Hibs? And of course, James Forrest, who started in the week, gets a rest today. Yeah, is that a rest, do you think? Because well, he's, he's looking he's, good. He's, at... he's on the bench, yeah. so, um, mm. you know, no doubt about that he might feature at some stage. Hopefully he does for Celtic mm. and for Scotland. <laughs> so much coming up. And we've got another big game as well. St. Johnson against Livy, Stephen. Absolutely, because if St. Johnson can remain unbeaten in this game, Paul, then they are guaranteed European football. Mm. Because they're in the Scottish Cup final, uh, along with Hibs, so one of those two will fall, uh, drop back into Europe. If Hibs win the Scottish Cup, then fifth qualifies for Europe, which in Johnson would finish fifth. So, terrific season for Callum Davidson and his players so far. And I was saying too before we came on, even if they win the Scottish Cup, whether they don't, if they can get into European football today, as well as winning a domestic cup and getting to a domestic cup final, that could be the best season in their history. 
couldn't it you know but even Amazing. just you know without going through the full team lineups just good to see uh, Murray Davidson back involved today for St Johnston of course he missed yep. out in the Betfred Cup final earlier in the season he missed out in the Scottish Cup win in 2014 so an opportunity for him to potentially be involved in the match day squad next weekend and from an emotional perspective he's an older player you know he's dedicated a lot of his time to St Johnston played a lot of games for him to miss out in those two cup finals he was emotional uh, speaking about the last one after missing out in the victory against uh, Livingston so hopefully he can get through today and give himself a chance of being in the pitch next weekend and let's not forget Livy I know you never would with their own Marvin Bartley what a season it's been for them and for David Martindale came so close in the League Cup and it's not been the same since then John but it's a huge day for them they want the win they well, want to be in Europe yeah and they've lost four out of their last five mm -hmm. Livy um, you could say it's been a really good productive season for them getting to a cup final Um you know, finishing uh, in the top six. Um, and David Martin, you know, who can forget that unbelievable run that they went on? I think it was, was it something like one defeat in 14 games? I think games? it was like 13, 13. games. Yep, that's yeah. right, it was one in 14. Mag yeah. Magnificent run. Um, For Livingston with a small budget. Oh, yeah. So these are some of the things we're going to talk about this afternoon. It's Rangers title day. It's uh, Scott Brown's farewell. Is it me or has that gone on for weeks and months? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and is he really it's because going? because of the Scottish Cup, isn't it? Because yeah. it's staggering, it's jumping of in between course. league games, it's yeah. dragging around a little bit. And you know, it's uh, you hear it, Glasgow is blue today. It's Rangers day. It's been 10 years and, you know, we had a great caller last night and he was saying it. He said he went to Stranraer, he stayed overnight. Yeah. That's not that long ago that they were in the bottom tier of Scottish football. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, for Stephen Gerrard, it looked, what, just this time last year, would he stay, would he go? My goodness, he was backed mm -hmm. by the directors because not many managers would get that length of time. But he did and he decided to stay mm -hmm. and they decided to keep him and look what's happened. 23 points in it. So yeah. still a lot to play for today. Rangers, they want to win. They certainly don't want to lose against Aberdeen and Celtic probably, I'd say, need to win as well because they don't want any further than 23 points. Rangers chasing uh, over 100 points so they could be 102 as we go into it this afternoon. It's the Go Radio Football Show. Stephen Cragen, Paul Cooney and John Hartson. The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 Go Radio Football Show Saturday afternoon 12 till 3 We're on today And tomorrow We've got John Hartson Stephen Cragen And then tomorrow With Barry Ferguson And also Mark Guidi Barry of course Getting ready for The playoff with Brecon City We mentioned the hedge already And uh, good luck to them That's on Tuesday And then next Saturday And no fans at the cup final It's a real shame Everyone take care Of course uh, Covid was on the increase In the south side of Glasgow So we stay in level 3 That's a real blow For everyone And I feel for the Hospitality industry Who've geared up And got everything in for you know to open up on Monday it's not happening let's hope take it easy everyone stay apart if you can listen to uh, what we're being told and hopefully we get down to level 2 very soon here in Glasgow other areas going into level 2 from Monday on the football this afternoon well it is all about Rangers Rangers against Aberdeen this afternoon and it's not so much the scoreline or who's in or whatever mm. it's about Rangers and what they've done all season they've only lost 13 goals as you know and uh, player of the year Alan McGregor for you as well, would you say? Or are you going the well, defenders? I know. Well, we've had debates about it on yeah. the show. I went for Stephen Davis. Yep. I just think his all round influence over the team, his consistent performances, see, you know, week in and week out. Alan McGregor's had some incredible saves, but there's been other games where he hasn't really been needed. And maybe someone right in the middle of the pitch with the experience that Stephen Davis has. He speeds the game up when he when it needs speeded up. He slows it down. He takes a sting out of the play. The players trust him with the ball. He's always an outlet for someone who's under pressure. And I just think with his vast experience, he's the one that's continually 
performed at a level, Paul. You know, other players mm. that come in, Tavernier's been terrific first half of the season, Golson as well, Ryan Kent, no doubt about it. But I just think for the experience and the know-how of Stephen Davis, I, that's who I went for. He's your fellow countryman. No, I know. I absolutely <laughs> listen. Stephen Davis has been amazing. Uh, Stephen knows. Yeah, Stephen but Ge- genuinely, cynical. Yeah. Genuinely, for me, you you could have given it to four or five yeah. Rangers mm-hmm. players. It, they've all put a huge marker down. Really, Goldson again. Yeah. You know, he's tightened his game up immensely. Um, goes and heads it. Scored a few goals this season as well. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't. He has. He don't feel he's got that big mistake in him anymore. You know, he's he settled down in in that Rangers shirt. He plays every minute of the season. Play, yeah, plays an awful lot of games. Yeah. How can you How can you do that, John? That must be. Well, you need a bit. Yeah. You, need, you need a bit of luck, but you also right. need a bit of drive. You'd also need a will to. Because a lot of players, everybody knows what I'll talk about. It. People in the football game, people will play with injuries, yeah. and other people won't. Some yeah. people won't risk an injury because they think, well, do you know what? It might pop me out for three or four weeks, but other players will go to the manager and say, Do you know what? Strap me up, give me an inject. I want to play, I want to be out there. All right, if I get injured and I miss other games. But Golson seems that type of player. He wants to play, he wants to be involved, he wants to lead every week. And about three or four months ago, we, we asked the same question you're your player of the year and everything else. And I went, I went to Goldson. I but remember. Yeah. Just looking at it now, if it's Alan McGregor again. You can't think of a player who deserves it more, mm. you know, Alan McGregor. He's made crucial saves at crucial times and, and that's what you want from your goalkeeper because not every week when you play for Celtic or Rangers, he's, he's, although they're not tested too often in the game, when you are tested, you've got to be highly yeah. concentrated. That That's when you can be caught out because you don't see a lot of the ball. But when they've needed him to make world-class Crucial saves. The, the the save against Lee Griffiths, I think it was at Ibrox, yep. up with his right hand. He tipped it just around the post. He's done no right to save that. Sure. And it, it's a game changer. Yep. The Celtic then go 1-0 up. They get momentum. The, the players, the confidence they get from that. I always say the first goal in them games are important. I played in over 20 of them. And that was the title decider. Mm. I mean, I nobody said it at the time, but it was. Save. You had no right to save it, In that moment, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I remember we were here. You were mm. on uh, We were with Barry. Uh, Stephen, for you, um, looking at the Rangers team, you had so many. Joe Aribo, I'm not saying for player of the year, no, but mm. what, what a buy he has been yeah. uh, from Charlton. Well, and, and playing left back as well. Yeah. That's the market they have to shop in. They have to go and get free transfers or people who are out of contract. And that's where, you know, the recruitment is vital for Rangers because they don't have the, the 10, 12 million pounds to go and spend. They have to buy players with potential. They have to try and nick players and think, can we make them better individually? Can we make them better within our team? Do they make our team better? All those things have to come into consideration. And Joe Rebo has certainly set the target for that. But, you know, I had spoken about Borna Barasic the other night. It was another mm-hmm. one. You know, because James Tavernier is mm-hmm. so productive on that right-hand side, people tend to forget about Barasic yeah, at yeah. times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, considering where he was when he first came to Rangers and the criticism he came under from Stephen Gerrard in particular, mm-hmm. in and out of the team, he was questioning his commitment, he was questioning his desire, wanting to play the exact same things John's talking about. And suddenly now his, his level of performance has gone to another level it's most of the question you look at and think for next season can any of them get any better can they push on can they squeeze a little bit more out of themselves Tavernier's goals and assists what 19 goals 15 assists can he you know can he beat that can he beat it can Bar- uh, Barisic be better can goals yeah. do another season and that's what you want you you want them to go again yeah. that's what Stevie will be looking from the players go again you won a title don't just rest on your laurels now it's the first one you've stopped 10 in a row Let's not get too complacent. You know, you've got to have that drive to go again. Yeah. 
you know, you you want to win two, three, four. You want you want to you want to be the team in Scotland now because you you know you 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 broke the duck, you broke your duck if you like by stopping the ten. Uh, it's your first title in so many years. We've got to keep going. Now. We want it. We want to stay on top mm. in Glasgow. I think it's a small inches now, John. That's the difference. Yeah. It's not going to be a huge golf again. People thinking, you know, look how much better they've got. It's consistency, and then just adding little bits and being a little bit more clinical. You're right, somehow, Steve. and they won't need too many. Uh, they won't need too many domestically anyway. I I just think mm. the you know. Martin O'Neill used to do this. You always used to add one yeah. or maybe two just mm-hmm. to come in. One yep. would maybe go. But with Celtic, they need about seven or eight. No. That's the difference. That's what Celtic yeah. need. And at least seven or eight. Stephen said 13 last week. Mm-hmm. Somebody would say more yeah. numbers, so many will go. Yeah. But with Rangers, because they're riding a bit of a crest of a wave and they've got momentum, they just need to just go and pick a few that will mm-hmm. improve in certain areas. That's all they need to do now. Let's hear a bit more now from the Rangers manager. He's the manager of the year, Stephen Gerrard. You know, obviously to receive this award on the back of the one I received a few days ago is really, really humbling and flattering and um, I'm pleased, but I'm, I'm more pleased uh, for me players and I think the next 24 hours for me, it's about stepping back and, and seeing them and being really proud of what they've achieved because they'll give me absolutely anything. But if you receive, obviously, individual accolades along the way, I'm really grateful and I'll cherish them and they'll go alongside the ones that I, I, I achieved as a player. And they say about, you know, the good managers, the special, the modern managers, they make players, good players, they make them great players. And you can see so many Rangers players who've been improved mm. by him. And I guess that's kind of what you're looking for. You know, it's a big year for him as well. Champions League, yeah. you know, people talk about Anfield and Liverpool and that probably is his destination. But we all know, you never know in football, the slim margins. But he's obviously really good with the players and making them better. We knew everyone would want to play for Steven Gerrard yeah. because of the aura as a player. Now as a manager, Stephen? Do you know the biggest thing, Paul, when you strip it all back, when he came in, he didn't come in alone. He didn't just bring one guy with him. He brought people with him who knew the game, who were experienced in the game, who had been in management, who had coached at different levels. Because if he had stepped into a job and thought, right, what's going on here? He already had a a backroom staff who knew what they wanted. He was able to speak to them. They were able to put it on to the players. So it's been a real collective effort. You know, it's completely different when you think of Brendan Rodgers came to Celtic and the impact he had, but he was an experienced manager. He knew what he wanted from his players. He knew what he wanted from his team. Stephen Gerrard will be at that stage now because he's three years into the job. But the first year, 18 months, two years of thinking, I'm still trying to work out what I want. I'm still trying to work out what I want from my players. But when it's eventually landed and the consistency and the performances is starting to go, he will get better. But he's also learned as he went along. You remember last year whenever they beat Celtic at Celtic Park and he celebrated into the camera as if they'd won the league. He signed his new contract two days later and then they fell off the cliff. This season, much more calm, much more composed, not getting ahead of himself. They went out of the cup competitions. He will want to learn from that next season. So yes, the league will be important next season, but he'll want to improve in the the cups. And that's what you do as a manager. You build layers as you go. It's exciting. It's exciting, Paul. That's what we want. That's what all the fans want. They want want two competitive clubs, you know, going for it in the league this season. In previous seasons, it's all been about Celtic. They totally dominated for nine years, you know, four quadruple trebles. This year, Stephen Gerrard's Rangers have been outstanding in every department. It took you 25 minutes, John Hartson, to mention the quadruple treble. <laughs> well, ex- exactly right, because let's give it a bit of perspective. Rangers have won one trophy, we won 22 in the same amount of years. So let's have a bit of perspective That's on what it. you love about Glasgow and Scottish football, because you yeah. played you know, West Ham, Arsenal, the career you had, Swansea. Yeah, and, and it's exciting. Can yeah. Celtic respond now? Can they respond to being hammered this year in the league and... I know Rangers for me this season should have won the Scottish Cup. 
they go and beat they go and beat Celtic in the fourth round. Then they go they become favourites because St Johnson did very well to beat them last kick of the game, literally, wasn't it? And they went out in the League Cup to St Mirren. So for me, Stephen Gerrard will be saying, "Yes, we've won the league. We've had a great season." But hey, if we'd been a little bit better in certain areas at certain times, we could be looking at a cup final as well next week. Here's the manager's assessment of the season. Self-analysis, that, that's a constant, ongoing thing. It doesn't really matter the results. We'll obviously finish this season as champions, but we'll still analyse exactly the same. We'll still look into the season as a whole, and I certainly will from a personal point of view, and really look forward to how we can improve, how we can tweak certain things. There's no getting away from it from a European point of view. We've done extremely well. We, we've almost had the perfect league campaign. There's no getting away from it. To become champions in such a pressured year was, was a fantastic effort from the boys. Domestic Cups is something I've mentioned in the last couple of press conferences. That's something that we want to put right moving forward. And Stevie, we were saying that last weekend here on Go. Where were the West of Scotland teams in the cup semi-final? Not least Rangers, as John said. They, mm. you know, they did the hardest part by beating Celtic. They did. He, the manager was really, he was hurt by that, wasn't he? And I think that's given him even more, you know, impetus to make it even better for next year because it has to be. Do you know what? I looked at it a couple of days after when they lost to St. Johnson, and I thought to myself, I wonder is this a blessing in disguise? Really? Because it keeps the players hungry, it keeps the manager hungry. If they go and win a treble this year, then they put the tool, you know, they relax a little bit. Whereas there'll be a little bit of anger and frustration from the manager, in particular because he wants his team to be successful. He wants to be judged as a successful Rangers manager. And winning one trophy doesn't do that, it's multiple trophies. So he will think about the summer, he will get players in, he will push his players on. There'll be a real determination next year to do even better. Whereas if you win the treble, you think, okay, we can go and do all that again. But you know, the small steps and it may just be a little blessing in disguise just to keep the appetite there, keep the real desire amongst the squad, add a few more players because uh, I think when he sits in the summer and, and does a self-analysis, that'll be the one thing that'll bug him. We had a real opportunity of winning more than one trophy. We didn't, so we then has to just adjust the mentality to make sure it's right. Well, we're just moments away from kick-off. Looking at Ibrooks uh, down the tunnel comes the red of Aberdeen and uh, there's Andy Considine who will no doubt be in the Scotland squad. He played such a big part in helping to take us to the Euros this summer, which are just uh, four weeks away, remember, at Hamden, the Czech Republic on the 14th of June. Uh, McGeoch there. Um, there's uh, Cam Berry who knows Ibrooks. I saw him coming in and you know waving to a few of the fans and he'd said how much he, he enjoyed his short time at Ibrooks. <laughs> the Hibs fans loved that, didn't they? And there's the, the flares going up with inside the ground. Um, as Rangers come out, there's James Tavernier, Alan McGregor, the whole Rangers squad coming out, Conor Goldson there, Joe Aribo, Kemar Roof, Yanis Hadji, Ryan Kent, another player who could argue is one of the best in the Rangers lineup and maybe the hardest to keep. And there he is, the talisman Morelos, who's had a mercurial season, not as many goals, but no. my goodness, he's worked hard, John, hasn't he? Well, he has, yeah, and I think a season maybe a goal. You know, he, he was looking a little bit, still getting a few goals, but he was just looking as if he might move on. And you yep. just wondered whether how much Steve Gerrard, how much time he would spend on him in terms of getting the five sending offs and everything else. But yep. I think the one thing I'd give Rangers huge credit for, the length, the amount of points they've been in front, 15, 18, they've not, they've not rested on that and thought the league's done. They've actually gone on. And now, again, today, the players can enjoy it, but of course, they want to finish on a high. It's going to be some afternoon, and John, you're watching... I'll give you the choice. No, John's watching mainly the Celtic game there, and what's happening? Is this the final huddle with Scott Brown? That's the final huddle, yeah. He just saw Jack Ross um, come out of the tunnel there. They've had a great season themselves, by the way, Hibs. Mm -hmm. They've secured third. They've got a cup final to look forward to next week. 
but again today Scott Brown's last game in a Celtic shirt so it can only be about Scott Brown as you said Paul it's only been about Scott Brown <laughs> for the last four months but uh, no again I remember as well you reminded me this the last game Scott Brown played for Hibs mm-hmm. he actually scored against Celtic, Celtic. so it's really yeah. strange how things work out but uh, it'll be interesting because this won't be easy today. Hibs, nope. Hibs are flying. Yep. He won't play in the hoops again because they're playing in an away strip, aren't they, Celtic, in that dark strip? Up against Hibs in their normal gear. And Stephen, you keep uh, an eye on both, but mainly there. Stephen Gerrard mm. is trackside. What's the scene at Ibrox at the moment? Well, I think it'll be exciting, Paul, you know, because the players have worked ever so hard for a day like this. They will have watched the social media stuff last night. They will know about the celebrations of the supporters. Today, they clinched the title against St Mirren. All that that's going to happen around the city, they would love them to be inside the stadium. You know, you think Alexa James Tavernier, who's been there for a long time and suffered a lot of setback, he would have loved the full Ibrox today to really ram home the advantage and rub it in and enjoy it. But it hasn't happened. But ultimately, they still have to go and win a game of football. It's a bit clouded at the minute. There's been some firecrackers going off. The, the flares have been on. So, um, it should, you know, let's hope it's a decent game for a start. Oh, I should have asked you predictions. <laughs> Stephen, what do you yeah, reckon? I, I, two or three nil Rangers. I just think Aberdeen aren't good enough to compete with this Rangers team. John? Yeah, I think Rangers will win. I think they're far too professional. Aberdeen have had some heavy defeats, uh, you know, under Stephen Glass already. It'd be fantastic if Stephen Glass was to go and get something, obviously for morale for the team and the club. But um, I think Rangers will be too strong. And and I, yeah. I'll, I'll say 2-1. 2-1. Two, one. Two, one, two, one, yeah. And what about Hibs Celtic? Um... Again, I think John Kennedy said he wants to finish the season strong, coming off a good win against St. Johnson midweek. Um, I think Celtic will win, and I think they'll win 2-0. Two, two Edouard's been clattered in the first few moments. We'll see how it is. A head knock there early on. You always got to do that to a centre-forward, Paul. Yeah, you always got to give him a little uh, nudge to see if he fancies it this yeah. afternoon. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how long Odson Edwards, because Darren McGregor's a monster, isn't he? Let's be honest, he's a yeah. really aggressive centre-half. But you know, with him with making all, this, all the changes... Uh, and looking towards next weekend there's a real opportunity for some of those players to go and put themselves in Jack Ross's eye line mm-hmm. for team selection because out of the team that, that he's picked I would imagine Porteous, Gogic and Newell will be the only three guaranteed starters mm-hmm. so there's a few places potentially up for grabs but I think Celtic will be too strong I'd go for 2-0 Celtic uh, there's, there's a lot yeah. of goals on the Hibs bench today you look at Deutsch my big uh, Welsh fellow yeah. when he scored the winning goal against Aberdeen midweek there. Goal. Yep. Boyle, Nisbet, you know. So mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Hibs' goals uh, come from the bench. He might need to make changes, but of course, um, Wright gets an opportunity today. Mm. But you're going for the Celtic win? I'll go for Celtic yeah. win, yes. Uh, and what about St. Johnson against Livy? Um, on the back of Livy, as I said, losing four out of five, they'll be yeah. desperate to finish the season well. Um, i got to go with St. Johnson. There's a feel-good factor at the football club. Yep. You know, they the got new them. third force, maybe. Yeah, there's a real feel-good <laughs> factor. Callum Davidson yeah. has done outstanding, and you know they they probably winning games at the minute without without playing so well yeah. because they just they just um, on that type of role. You know, it's phenomenal, isn't it, for such a small yeah. club in terms Brilliant. of the fan base? You yeah. know, compared to Aberdeen or Hearts or Hebs. Um, Stephen, what do you reckon? Afternoon, St. I think Johnson. a draw. I oh, think St. Johnson will manage the game well enough where it won't be put in any doubt. If Livingston want to overcommit men forward and leave themselves exposed, I think St. Johnson could pick them off. But I love watching a team, Paul, and I can see what they're trying to do. I love players understanding the rules. That tells me they've been well coached. And Callum Davidson has spent a lot of time in the coaching 
uh, sorry, on the pitch, coaching his players, the structure, the setup, the triggers. They know everything inside out, and I think that's a well-drilled team. And it's interesting because obviously the Brown family, who owns St Johnson, have yeah. have always run a tight ship up there. And someone said, you know, if they win the Scottish Cup, they could be guaranteed three million pounds, roughly, because they'd be in Europe until Christmas. And people say, you know, will they invest the money? I said, no, that'll begin to sit in the bank and Callum Davidson will still have to work in his mediocre budget because, you know, that's the way they do things. They don't get ahead of themselves. They don't get carried away. And the amount of managers who've started their careers at St Johnston, Paul, Derek McInnes and Owen Coyle, Steve Lomas, Tommy Wright, Paul Sturrock as far back, who have all went on to have good managerial careers. So it's certainly a club that, if you want to start somewhere and you want to learn, St Johnson's the place to do that. It's Go Radio with the Encyclopedia of Scottish Football. <laughs> if there's something I don't know, and there's plenty, Stephen, it's great to know that you're there. John echoes that as well. Well, with John Hartson, Stephen Craig and Paul Cooney, and uh, well, we're going to take your calls later as well, but the games are underway. We've had five minutes almost at Easter Road, nil-nil, and at Ibrox, four minutes played, Rangers, nil, Aberdeen, nil, as Rangers come forward. And a chance for Rangers early on, Stephen, and it's a goal. It's yeah. one 0 Yeah, it absolutely is. It, it just, I thought you were going to come to and ask me the pattern of the game. And Aberdeen have just dropped off. They're sitting back. They're a four-five-one. They're deep in their own uh, half, and Rangers are just knocking the ball about it. Well, there's no real pressure on them. And you know, once again, a bit shocked for Rangers to score and James Tavernier's not uh, not involved. They're rolling the ball about, and Aberdeen are trying to get out the press, but there's no real urgency from them. And that's why I said I fancied Rangers big time. And you know, Tavernier's allowed to lift his head and I've got to say Joe Lewis makes an absolute howler a cross comes in from the right hand side I think it's young Jack McKenzie at left back it may deflect off and I don't know what Joe Lewis is trying to do is it Joe Lewis or Marciano today? it, it was it, Joe Lewis Marciano you're what, uh, Hibs were Marciano watching because you're watching sorry, the other game sorry, that, that, I just no, thought Joe Lewis could have caught this it. is what happens I, I know, just thought he could have that's why it. I, I hesitated he took a deflection and it's thrown Joe Lewis just catch it which is strange from a from a from an experienced goalkeeper's perspective, but yeah, you know Aberdeen's task just becomes even harder, Paul. And remember, Rangers—they could be chasing. I know this sounds ridiculous, but Mark Weedy did say last night they started the day plus seventy-two. Uh, Celtic in the invincible season were plus eighty-one at the end. So depending what happens with Celtic, who are nil-nil, Rangers are one up after four minutes, uh, and it's a James Tavernier plus seventy-five Rangers. Plus 75, we'll, we'll double we not, check no, it. Yeah. No, I just have a printout. I've, I've just called you the encyclopedia, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, have a go. What a start, we'll, that we'll is though for Double check, isn't it? Yeah. Your goalkeeper makes a mistake after five minutes. You've got a mountain now. Yeah. A mountain to climb. Anything happening at the Celtic game? Is, uh, no, Christopher Ayer just yeah. broke through. You know, one of them big marauding runs that he makes now and again. Slipped in uh, Greg Taylor on the left, but actually just ran out to play before Taylor could get anything on the cross. Rangers start the day on 99 points after the 37 games, Celtic on 76, Hibs on 62, Aberdeen 56, St Johnson 44 along with Livingston. Uh, no news yet from St Johnson against Livy. And yet it's significant who is going to come get that automatic position. Uh, obviously if St Johnson win the cup then they're in the Europa League but they might need to win today to get the yeah. Europa Conference. This, there's so many new competitions. Yeah, it draws, draws enough for them. It draws them. enough yep. for them to finish fifth which will guarantee European football either through fifth in the league yep. or through winning the Scottish Cup so you know that's a huge incentive for, for St Johnston and Callum Davidson and then tomorrow we're on at the same time 12-3 Hamilton against Kilmarnock it's not quite got the edge that it had because so many people thought Hamilton would stay up but unless they can win by nine goals they are down against Kelly Kelly they want to win but still no guarantee of automatically staying up because uh, Ross County are playing at Motherwell uh, and they if Ross County get a point then that would be enough for them 
tomorrow. Huge chance yep. here, Paul, for McGregor. Uh, a corner whipped in from the left-hand side. Which McGregor? Uh, sorry, sorry for, for, for Hibbs. Uh, Darren. Darren McGregor. Darren McGregor for Hibbs. He's up above any other Celtic player and he heads it over the bar. Great early chance for Hibbs there to score from a corner. So shocked there it could have been, but Hibbs uh, still nil-nil at home. Yeah, they've got a lot to play for. They want to be in that cup final. What a special day that will be next weekend. Hibbs against St. Johnson. And they're so often uh, the bridesmaid and not the bride, aren't they? The Hibbs, you know, they, they've missed out so often in semi-finals, three in a row, but they're in the cup final this year. And uh, Alan Stubbs, wasn't it, the last one indeed, to win the, FA, uh, the Scottish Cup? Yeah. But there was huge question marks over their, their game ahead of who did they beat in the semi-final? With, I've lost my head. I worked in the game. Dundee United. With Dundee United. Where, yeah. uh, you know, they had lost two previous semi-finals. There was a little bit of pressure building up. You know, was it a, a psychological hurdle for them to get over? How was the mentality? But I thought they went out and absolutely cruised the game against Dundee United. So that's a big hurdle for them to get over. No doubt they will want to go on and win it. And, you know, second time in five years would be incredible. Yeah, plus 75 for Rangers. We'd never... In- Doubt the encyclopedia of uh, Scottish <laughs> football. That is Stephen Cragen. Stephen, the former Motherwell and Northern Ireland international. And uh, he reckoned it's his uh, fellow countryman and the most decorated international player in, uh, in the, the British Isles. Yeah. What a player, Stephen Davis, uh, this afternoon. What a special day for him and the older players. Did he think he would, at what, 36? Mm-hmm. 36, yeah, 36, that he would win the title. John, I doubt it when he came back if he think, thought that would happen. Well, I think he, he came back with the hope that, you know, Steven Gerrard could build a competitive team and eventually take on Celtic. Because Celtic was so um, way ahead when uh, Stephen came and took the Rangers job. So obviously Steve Davis would have had, a, you know, a little bit of hope and a bit of belief that they could bring in better players. But it's been a great achievement from him personally, what he's done for his country as well, Northern Ireland. Um and he's, so, he's just been so consistent, doesn't he? He never has a bad game, never gives the ball away. Uh-huh. Such a yeah. fantastic midfield player. But you know what? He's such a humble guy. Is he's he? a really yeah. nice, down-to-earth guy. If you walked into the dressing room and somebody said, you know, there's 20 guys sitting, try and pick out, even just spend 10 minutes with them all and try and work out who's the, you know, the best player, the most capped player, you wouldn't pick Stephen because he just sits and he's quiet and he'll you know come along nicely. You get plenty of the big characters who'll be loud. That's not the ones you look for, Stephen Davis is. It's the Go Radio Football Show, Saturday afternoon. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Saturday lunchtime. It's the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, Paul Cooney. I'm with John Hartson, Stephen Cragen, and you for the next uh, two and a half hours still of... Premiership action, Rangers are one up against Aberdeen. We were giving it to Tavernier, but really, I think, is it an own goal, the goalkeeper? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's an absolute howler from Joe Lewis. I know he's missed the last couple of weeks, but when the cross comes in, takes a deflection, he actually dives beyond the ball and punches it back into his own net. Really strange goalkeeper, I have to say. And it's been like a pre-season friendly. Aberdeen, normally when you think they play Rangers, they're up for the fight, Paul. They're at it, they're chasing the game. Kamar Roof had a header a couple of minutes ago. Conor Goldson has just headed one wide also. Aberdeen have to be careful. And they don't want to finish uh, the season uh, like this for Aberdeen, you know, with Stephen Glass in charge now for the past month. Chance there for Celtic. Yeah, Yeah. he's just gone through one-on-one. He's in good touch, played in by Edouard. He's one-on-one. I think he should have shot earlier. Tries to take it around the goalkeeper. Marciano just palms it out for a Celtic corner. Do you know what, Paul? Just watching the Rangers-Aberdeen game, I understand Stephen Glass wants to play a certain way and he wants his team to knock the ball about and he want to build a play from the back. He's only been in a matter of, what, five, six weeks. Mm. It's a big turnaround to try and implement that into your team. 
they've just given away a corner kick from playing the ball across their own 18 yard box and they're just inviting pressure from Rangers sometimes you have to play the game you're in don't try and play your game build your way into the game don't overcomplicate it and if, you know, if they're not careful it's going to be a heavy defeat this afternoon Tavernier's delivery by the way I've got to say Craigs is ridiculous yeah you know accuracy pace oh, an unbelievable be a dream for you John open player set plays Felix yourself and Big Chris two big dominant centre forwards would be a dream yeah possibly <laughs> not now obviously but <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about back in the day when you yeah. played you loved cross balls yeah. coming and you loved people putting balls in the areas just, where you could just, just smash centre halves I remember one day we played at Fur Park playing against John uh -huh. yeah. and the ball went above my head and I'm thinking I'm going to have to head this mm. because I know Big John is going to absolutely smash me whether I head it or whether I don't I headed the ball and I think I ended up in the back of the net <laughs> that must have been one of the only times yeah. still 1-0 Rangers against Aberdeen Hibs and Celtic 0-0 and St Johnson and Livy 0-0 I was watching Sky was it last Saturday morning I'd go on in the background as well but it was that, that match against Hibs you'll never forget was it the 6-6 six, six? oh 6-6 six, yeah. six. oh incredible honestly yeah, they, show that, they show that sometimes was, on, yeah. on yeah. TV the scoreboard broke you know the scoreboard Did it? was broke yeah. that night and uh -huh. I said to Mark Reynolds who was playing beside me I said to him I said Mark what's the score he said I think it's 5 or 6 I didn't even know what the score was but really? anyway yeah. we ended up with a draw and we missed a penalty later on we could have won 7-6 so, incredible and scenes. how far behind were you at one point 6-2 6-2 6-2 yeah, absolutely Anthony Stokes no uh, Colin Nish got a hat trick yeah. uh, I played him in 3 times I think John Hughes uh, was there. Oh, I was good to gloss John over Hughes. that. And we were yeah. at the Ibrox, I think, a few days later and we yeah. got a 3-3 three, three draw. Yeah. We were getting beat 3-1 when the 90 minutes come up. Jimmy Murphy scored and then we got a penalty later on and drew 3-3. Three, three. Chance again there at uh, four Celtic. Yeah, Turnbull, Turnbull with the shot, yeah. Marciano with the save and then it's Ryan Christie mm. makes a bit of a uh, makes a bit of a hash of his volley attempt. He's not been... Ryan Christie this season for me, he's, he's the type of player he's got an awful lot of talent mm -hmm. and... In previous seasons, he you know he's got on the end of a few things. He's got great technique, but he's just he's just been sort of uh, not up to par this season. What do you think's happened, me. John? Someone asked last night on the phone. I don't know. Do I, I, I don't know yeah. whether he's got one eye on possibly leaving mm. the club, and you know I would never question a player's commitment, but his his levels, his form has certainly dipped, and mm. I'm not too sure whether that Celtic supporters listening to a lot of them would be overly that concerned if he mm. was to leave the football club you know and brought another player in of, of his type mm. Do you think there's a few have taken their eye off the ball John? When you think the, the, the connections with Edward potentially going higher there's always been something surrounding him Scott Brown throughout the season knowing he's probably going to leave yeah. Callum McGregor there's always little rumours going on but you just wonder when you get half a dozen of your players your top players And a lot of these players Stephen would, would be seeing um Kieran Tini down at Arsenal mm -hmm. thinking yep. well Stuart Armstrong another one at Southampton Stuart even. Armstrong yeah. was allowed mm -hmm. to leave at Southampton and all of a sudden they go well we've been at the club now for eight or nine years mm -hmm. we've brought tremendous success to the club we've gave everything and all of a sudden they might be just thinking oh I wouldn't mind a piece of that yeah. Stephen what's happening Rangers won up and uh, yeah, Aberdeen set piece they did. well Aberdeen got forward a couple of minutes ago Johnny Hayes little turn of pace down the left hand side he fired a ball across the face of goal Lewis Ferguson couldn't get in the end of it but they're starting to uh, come into the game a little bit. Although, you know, that's that's all they've really had in the open 17 minutes. I think Stephen Glass will expect better. But once he gets his players in next year, it'll be interesting to see what style of play he has. He has to work with what he has at the minute, um, which unfortunately hasn't been good enough. 
Rangers leading by one goal to nil. The James Tavernier cross comes short. It was a cross, really, but John Lewis, uh, Joe Lewis, uh, completely. He was was shopping with that one, wasn't he, the James Tavernier? Uh, It was definitely a sale uh, because, yeah, he turned it into his own net. So that was in four minutes. One nil for Rangers. Celtic had a couple of chances. El Yanusi, probably the best chance so far. Still nil nil. John, 17 and a half minutes gone. Yes, all Celtic. Celtic are on the, you know, they're, they're the team. I've had the Lions share of possession. Hibbs uh, with McGregor, they had a corner. McGregor mm. possibly should have scored. He headed it over the bar. But some really good movement from Edward and Eloisi and, and Ryan Turnbull in support. So Celtic well on top at them and looking likely that they could take the lead any minute. Celtic looked more like themselves against St. Johnson the other evening. What about Edward's goal? What do you think? Oh, a different class. class. But they're just playing with the shackles off a bit now. They're mm. not feeling much pressure. The season's finished for them. Some players will be playing for their futures. Some players will be just playing for, you know, the John. What can John get out of them now? But it's been an extremely disappointing season for Celtic, and a lot of their players they they've just simply not turned up this season. What happens at the end of the season? Then do they pick up the boots and all the rest from Lennox Town, and that's it? It's it's like the end of school, isn't it? When you finish and whatever yeah, they'll, year they'll be given training yeah. programs, uh-huh. individual training programs, Paul. That they'll have to a day or two and come back at a certain level of fitness and then let's not forget that they could have a Champions League qualifier mm-hmm. you know middle June yeah. something like that so they need to be they need to be up to speed you know mm-hmm. and, and to start hitting the ground um, when they're ready to and of course Eddie Howe has to put his stamp on things if it is Eddie Howe mm-hmm. that, that reportedly going to be announced um, on Monday I'd like to see that happening like every other every other you know Celtic uh, minded person out there want to see somebody want an announcement made and the announcement you know so far is that Eddie Howe might be the one that's coming in I think lots of uncertainty mm-hmm. for the Celtic players because some are heading off to the Euros mm-hmm. some are thinking well I've got a year left someone's offered me a contract I haven't been offered a contract the younger players thinking am I going to be part of the plans mm-hmm. will I be sold on you know so there's lots of uncertainty which we've said all along that the board could have taken this uncertainty out mm-hmm if they had moved a little bit quicker rather than letting it go on and on and on. And if you're a player who has a possibility of moving yep. and you're suddenly six, seven, eight, nine weeks and you think, do you know what? My, my mind's made up now. I want to go. But so, do you know what I think as well, uh, Paul and Steve? What I think as well, there's been a lot of talk about John Kennedy, right? Will John stay? Will he be part of the staff? Will he go upstairs? Have you had all these things? But you know what? Come to think of it now, John Kennedy could be a great help to the next manager. Do you reckon, yeah. Well, the next yep. manager's not going to know an awful lot what he's going to go into. I think he's been doing his homework, though. If it's yeah, Eddie Howe. Yeah. Of course you can do your homework, yeah. but John's had them. Mm-hmm. John's yeah. had them on the training. He knows what type of characters that he's got in his group. And he could be of great mm. help and information to the next guy coming in. Because you don't know about mm-hmm. players, Paul, until you see their body language in the corridor, until you get a one-on-one chat. You can do all your research if you want. Until you have a conversation, you see them training, you see mm-hmm. their body language, you see how they respond to disappointment, you see how they respond to instructions, and you think, oh, that's not what I've been described. He's completely different to what someone told me. Mm-hmm. So the new manager will have to go in and get a quick feel for what's there and understand what he needs and what he's got. And, and there's no one better at this moment in time than somebody who's been around the group for three yeah. or four rows. The only thing is though years. the only thing is though sometimes I'm not saying John has but mm. you know you can have a bit of grievance with someone because they've yeah. let you disappointed they've let you down so your opinion might be different than what 
the one he Rather than the how my say, right, you all get a clean slate. Correct. I don't know any Correct. of you. It's but I agree with keeping start. John. You know, I, there's something about John I like. I think he's mm -hmm. handled himself reasonably well in the press, and it's been a big job and a big yeah. ask, uh, and uh, Rangers I, are dominant. Yeah, and I, think he's I, done I well. wasn't sure. I was almost thinking, well, John maybe needs to go out and go and prove himself as a number one because we know there's a huge difference between being a coach and now, you know, being a manager, picking the team, picking the formation. You know, the buck stops with you now as the number one, the manager. You know, you there's a lot more responsibility on you now. And I was almost thinking, like Jackie Mark, Mark Namara said a few weeks ago, he'd like to see John maybe go and yeah. prove himself and then being in a position to come back. I know what he may be concerned about if he leaves the club, doesn't do so well, he doesn't then get an opportunity. But, but then he'll know. But looking he'll at know. it, but looking at it, and with how much work Saldig have to do. With the, with the recruitment side, with players that are moving on, the loan players, I just feel that John would be ideal in terms of uh, Eddie Howe needing you know, that type of information on players. If you're just tuning in, you know that voice. He's not on Football Focus today. He's on Glasgow's own Go Radio. It's John Hartson, the Celtic legend, along with, well, you know the voice of Stephen Cragen very well. Stephen, you've so well respected you've seen so many games this season uh, you're watching Rangers at the moment 1-0 as we come to the midway point of the first half anything much happening Rangers Aberdeen? The Aberdeen have come into it a little bit you know whether that's because Rangers have took the foot off the gas they're sitting off they're allowing Aberdeen at times just to knock the ball about it seems to be whoever's in possession the other team is just dropping off and allowing them to knock the ball about really unopposed but Rangers hard work's been done you know they've got themselves to this stage they want to try and probably enjoy it you don't want to put the game in any danger. Of course they don't. And they know at any time they've got the quality players who can go and unlock the door for them. So there's not a huge rush to get a second goal. They're more than controlled. I think Rangers have sent 34 times they scored the first goal in the league this season, Paul, and they're unbeaten in those 34 games. So it's ominous for Aberdeen that they've scored first and no doubt they would probably go on to win the game. The stats are so strong for them and that's why they're 23 points yeah. clear. Celtic and Hibs still nil-nil, John. Yeah, still yeah. What you got to remember is you're looking yeah. at this game today, Celtic are at full strength and this is sort of Hibbs's second team, if you like. Mm -hmm. Hibbs' reserves. So it doesn't surprise me that Celtic have had so much of the ball. Hibbs now just put a long ball, it's gone out wide, and uh, now it's come to nothing. Scott Brown's just bringing it down there, McGregor. But no, it's been all Celtic, uh, without really creating, without testing Marciano in the Hibbs goal too much. But as I said there, you know, Celtic are, if you were going into a cup final tomorrow, this is probably the team that you'd play. The Celtic team, you know, they're at their strongest against the Hibs team that have left seven or eight players out that'll possibly feature next week in the Scottish Cup final. Chance here at uh, Ibrox Rangers, the one up just looking at a corner kick, Stephen. And uh, Ryan Kent, what a season he's had, but he's going to leave it, isn't he? Looks yeah. like he's going to take it. Well, it's funny yep. because Ryan Kent was one of the ones we spoke about the other night and I still think there's a lot more to come from Ryan Kent at 24 years of age. There's still room for improvement, big improvements from him. So I think that's encouraging for the Rangers fans because at times this season when he's been hot, he's been unplayable. Mm -hmm. But there's other times he's drifted out of the games and I imagine the message from Stephen Gerrard will be that if you want to be the top player, if you want to be our number one player and potentially get a move, you have to try and do that week in, week out. That's what the top players do, but there's no doubt he's a, you know, he's a class player and a top talent. Stephen Cragen, Paul Cooney, John Hartson, just watching here at uh, Celtic Hibs and Celtic 0-0 as Celtic come forward. Uh, El Yanusi saved there by keeper Marciano. That will be his, uh, this is his last game for Hibs because he mm. doesn't play in the cup games this nope. season, as uh, Stephen, you were saying earlier. So 0-0 at the moment. Quick break, I think, coming up and then we're going to keep you right up to date throughout the afternoon. Rangers are one up.
The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. He is up to date with what's happening outside Ibrox. Inside Ibrox, what's happening, Stephen Cragen? Yeah, but still 1-0 the Rangers. Uh, I think they've kind of come off the game a little bit. Aberdeen are building play, but it's probably what's troubled them all season long. They missed that potency in front of goal, that final pass. It's been a decent enough game without really any goal-mouth action in the last five or ten minutes. And that goal coming after just four minutes. For those who missed it, Stephen, what happened? Yeah, it was James Tavernier down the right-hand side. He, he crossed the ball into the box, took a deflection off the left-back, Jack McKenzie, and somehow Joe Lewis has managed to punch the ball into his net. He's had a few high-profile errors over the last few years. Certainly, I can remember a few. He had two at Motherwell one night. Uh, he had one against St Mirren earlier on this season, the Betfred Cup. However, he will look back at that and he'll be hugely disappointed because when you go to Ibrox, you have to try and defend well, stay in the game. And they did so just for four minutes. Rangers leading by one goal to nil. What about Celtic there in the capital? John Harson? Yes, yeah, still nil-nil. Hibs versus Celtic. Just before we went off air there, Paul, uh, for, for a news break, uh, El Yanusi went through great effort with his left foot, but Marciano just got fingertips on the ball. In, in terms of Marciano's last game today, he'd leave on a high if if Hibs were to get a result this afternoon. But this this they're holding firm. You know, the uh, Porteous and McGregor, Darren McGregor for Hibs. You know, Celtic can't break them down yet. Although they've got an awful lot of the ball, they're struggling to just get decent efforts on goal other than that one just before the break there by Yalianusi. Nothing much for Barkas. We saw him make a save, a good save the other night, John. Not yep. really. No. Uh, Hibs haven't really threatened Celtic's goal uh, much at all. We spoke about um, Darren McGregor had a free header uh, in the Celtic six-yard box, just couldn't direct the header down and it flew over the bar. So mm. not an awful lot to do yet for the Celtic goalkeeper. Barkas. And still no scoring St Johnson yeah. against Livingston. I was just going to say there was a penalty appeal there for, for Aberdeen. Johnny Hayes made a great run down the left-hand side. He crossed it in. Yanis Hadji did hit his arm but I have to say his arm was tucked in against his body so it wasn't out with the natural silhouette. The Aberdeen players appealed but Nick Walsh who refereed the Old Firm game recently who is doing the Scottish Cup final next weekend said no penalty and it was a corner kick instead right decision. Corner has come in, but it's gone out for a throw-in. Uh, Lewis Ferguson could be a big summer for him. Someone who he started the season really mm. well, Stephen. But like Aberdeen, not being uh, you know it's quite as good for him as it was earlier. But something's happening at Easter Road. Really good position for Salah. Christopher Ayer went on one of them bursting runs again, right through the middle, brought down right on the edge of the penalty Hibbs's penalty area, and it's. Oh, we got we got Ryan Christie, Christie over the ball and Edward over the ball. One of these two are going to hit it. So. Just looking at it now, Hibbs with the wall. It's Edward, and it's a great free kick but it's not, from it's disallowed, disallowed because the wall was too far forward. Who's fault <laughs> is that? Is that not Hibbs? <laughs> is that not Hibbs's fault? Well, it must be. Will I honestly can't believe he's not given that goal. If, if they step forward, surely you allow the goal. To be fair, he's blew his whistle and put his hand to stop. Before Edward has struck the ball. Wow. Okay. So, well, uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, I get that, I get yeah, that, that statement, but that's the, a bit of a strange one. Yeah. Can, can he do it again? Yeah. We wow. go back. We go back to the initial. <laughs> Surely the goalkeeper now has got to go and stand in that spot because that's <laughs> what he's going to aim <laughs> for. By the way, what what an unbelievable free kick that Let's was. Let's rewind then. John yeah. Hartson, what's happening? Yeah, he says it again this yeah. time into the wall. No, no free kick this time by the referee. The wall was absolutely fine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, Willie Collum you were saying is the referee there, uh, Stephen. It was a magnificent strike though, wasn't yeah. it from Edward? But it's not counted. Listen, still nil nil. It doesn't surprise us when we see Odson Edward. Listen, okay, that's been disallowed in his goal during the week. 
yep. some of his goals this season, his moments of class have been outstanding. That's why people will come looking for him in the summer. That's why he will go on and play at the next level. However, I think the disappointment from Celtic fans is that he didn't do it often enough this season when they really needed to. As Rangers just make it 2-0. 2-0. Down the left-hand side, Ryan Kent. I think it may be another deflection, actually. Ryan yeah. Kent does really well. Overlaps down the left-hand side. Gets right to the byline and you think to yourself, can you dig a cross out? He just pokes it back in around about the six-yard box. Kimar Roof comes in off the right-hand side. He gets the touch, but I think it may hit an Aberdeen player before it goes into the net. But, you know... That's really been the story of Aberdeen's season. They've done okay in games, they've been competitive, but they haven't really done enough. It does. It comes off Johnny Hayes this time. Or is it was young Jack McKenzie actually. It's a good, run, it's a good run from Kemar Roof. He actually it? Yeah. makes it his own. He's, he runs across a couple of players. He knows he can't score, but there, if he goes past the near post, he can get something on it. He Jack, gambles. Jack it's McKenzie. A great, it's a great it? run. Okay, he has a slight deflection, but the fact he makes a run f- past the near post creates the opportunity to score that goal. So do you have to give it as an OG? Because uh, it, it will be an old well, goal. You see, if it's on target, mm-hmm. if it's on target, then it would be classed as a goal. I'm not too sure that is on target. Here it comes again. On you know, Sky, we're just kind watching of a, it. Look at great ball from Ryan Kent. Do you know what? Yeah. It, it probably would go on target. So I think then it could go down as Kim Harriff's goal. Yeah. But mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I don't know who the, the own goals panel is or how they come up with these things, but yeah. I'm sure we'll yeah. find out in the coming days. Imagine when we get VR as well, there'll be. Uh, I don't think they it. want it, Paul. So, no. I don't Do you not think I, so. I, no, no, I just. If they lengthen your show, Paul. It certainly Paul, will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they just <laughs> need to change. I think yeah. they just need to change some aspects of it. I mean, what yeah. part of your body is offside and the confusion of it all. I think let other countries do it. Let them make all the mistakes, mm-hmm. and then Scotland can take it when they've narrowed down and they think it's in a better place. Do, do you know that free kick there from Edward? Yeah. I, I find it quite strange that. If he was to hit the wall, then the referee, uh, Willie Collum, could say, well, the wall has moved and it's come closer. It's made it more difficult for Edouard to score. But if they move forward and Edouard scores, then give the goal. Because it's no advantage then. It's against Edouard anyway. He's done ever so well with the wall getting a bit closer. So they've been penalised for for moving forward. The one thing Craig's picked up on was the referee put his hand up before Edward struck the ball, right. so maybe that's why then stop the play, didn't right, rightly stop so. The play. Yeah, so Rangers are two up after thirty-five minutes, and it looks like two OGs. Although the first one it was uh, Tavernier uh, turned in by the goalkeeper. The second one we'd like to say it was a great work by Ryan Kent, mm-hmm. Kimar Roof, but it did come off uh, Jack. Mackenzie, so looks like two OGs there at Ibrox. Oh, how the fans would love to have been in this afternoon, though, Stephen, wouldn't they? I mean, there's hundreds outside, maybe a thousand. You also think such is the rivalry between Rangers and Aberdeen. Sometimes for the wrong reasons, but there's a real dislike, I think, amongst the Aberdeen fans and the Rangers fans. And they would love nothing better than to have 500 Aberdeen fans in the corner and Rangers are celebrating winning another title. Unfortunately, that's not the case, but, uh, you know, they will be celebrating outside. Let's hope... You know, John's right, he said it earlier on, let's hope we're talking about the football and Rangers' achievements as opposed to issues and concerns and fallouts from the police. And That's not what we need in the game, Paul. We talk about the fans, for me, Paul, it, you know, you look at Celtic as well, the Celtic situation, the fans have been unbelievable and they've been having this momentum, haven't they, going for eight, nine, the unprecedented ten, which hasn't happened. But I think from the, from the crowds, especially Celtic this season, being so um, off, is that the crowd can push you on, right? Mm-hmm. They can push the players on with the with their presence. But also, if the crowd were there at Celtic Park this season, the players would never have got away with playing as badly as they played. Because, yeah. oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. Because you give the ball away two, you know, twice in a row, 
the crowd are onto you. Yeah. The crowd actually pick you up and make you play mm. better, put you under that pressure. So when you're playing with no crowd, you can carry on to make mistakes. No, nobody's really, you know, nobody's putting you out oh, the manager. You're not doing yourself any favours. The manager's screaming at you. But the crowd would be onto you. They would make you have a proper touch and take care of the ball, which is not there now. I think he might have had a few more players having tight hamstrings and sore thighs. John, if the crowd had been in and they'd yeah, been playing they, as bad as what they were, yeah, a few yeah, boys yeah. would have been ducking back yeah. out of the way. I, I don't think they would be sick. I think they'd be no. lucky if they got 30,000 there this yeah. season, the way the, fan, the, the team's been playing. But then, then when you talk about Scott Brown and his longevity, yeah. and he's played through the good times and the bad times, the difficult times, and, and he still carried himself forward. He still drove the club on and put himself out there. You know, that's why some people are questioning, is he a legend or is he not? I think Oof. that alone says he is, Paul, no doubt about it. He is. For you. Oh, He's all day long. You know, for listen, other players have maybe had a bigger impact in the club. Some iconic figures like Henrik Larson, Jimmy yeah. Johnson, Billy McNeil, incredible guys. And I'm not putting them on a par ability wise, but you don't just become a legend because you've got ability. You become because your loyalty to the club, your longevity, your consistency, the trophies you've won, how you commit yourself, how you drive the club forward. And he ticks every single box for he me. He deserves to be mentioned, doesn't he? You know, with, with Sutton, Larson, oh, Hartson. Listen, listen beyond that, sometimes, you know, 22 trophies yeah. is incredible. You know, at one club, 14 years at a football club yeah. is incredible still to be playing at 35 years of age. Some people mm. have written them off. I think Brendan Rodgers, I said to John earlier, I think Brendan Rodgers revitalised his career. I think he came in and made him look at the game differently and judge his position differently. He'd stop charging about the pitch like a madman trying to impress. <laughs> he held the middle of the pitch. He was better with the ball. His reading of the game is better. So, listen, Brendan Rodgers, I think for me, just give him an extra three or four years. I think. I think the word legend is thrown around far too often. Mm. Um, for me... In, in the team that I played in, um, the only legend we had, in my opinion, was Henrik Larsson. Really? Yep. I really do. Mm -hmm. um, Paul Lambert, maybe because he won the European Cup yep. at Dortmund. Um, but good players, good players. Chris, outstanding, won the Premier League with Blackburn, Golden Boot winner. You know, Neil Lennon, outstanding for his, his commitment to um, to Leicester under Martin with Crew, uh, Stan Petrov, an unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But you look at legends... 242 goals in 315 games. I never hit them heights. Neither did Chris, neither did Stan, neither did any of us. So when you talk about legends, you know, Scott Brown is a legend because he's he's got massive trophy hall. He's been around the club for 14 years. His appearances are ridiculous, over 620-odd. Yep. So, you know, he comes under that... All right, he didn't lift the European Cup like the like the great Lisbon yep. Lions did. All of them have become legends because of their achievements. But I just think it's lovely to be called a legend. You know, I'm very proud and very humble about it. It's great. And I'm sure the rest of the players do. But if you ask them individually, do they think they're a legend? They'd probably say No. And I believe Henrik Larsson was the only player in my team that in, in the team that I played in you can actually call a legend. Wow. Yeah, That's I really quite do. Quite a moment there from John Hartson because many people would say, mm. you know, that Hartson, Sutton and Larsson. And of course, Larsson was it's a, lovely, at that time. It's lovely, yeah. Paul, yeah. that people put you but in that great as well. But Kenny Very, Dalglish yeah. was a legend. Indeed, yeah. John Hartson sure. wasn't. I didn't, I didn't come up to the achievement. Sure. I'm a legend for beating cancer to my children. Yep. That's why I'm a legend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You it's, certainly did, John. It's, yep. it's, it's a personal mm -hmm. thing for me and to be called the legend to, for, for playing football for Celtic, mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, it's fantastic. The mm -hmm. fans think like that, but 
as I said, to become a legend, you've got to be, you know, very, very special. Great. Rangers, they want to produce some legends under the Stephen Gerrard era. And he himself could become not just a Liverpool legend, where he yeah. is, he's a Liverpool legend. Well, Stephen, isn't he? Well, one yeah. of the greatest ever players played for exactly. Liverpool. Yeah. I think Kenny Dalglish said he is the greatest player to play wow. for Liverpool. For Kenny to say that. So, can, who are the legends here? Too early to become a legend, but in the, the, the hearts and the minds of the, the, the young people who phone yeah. in here, Stephen, you, I hear you with Rob uh, and with John. And, you know, you get people at 16, 17, they don't remember Rangers winning. No, and they, they don't. can't believe it. They're loving this. No, at they the moment. don't. Yeah. And you're right. You said it earlier. There was a, there was a caller last night who had been to Stranraer and stayed yep. over. Mm-hmm. Listen, I was working in the media and I have been since Rangers probably got relegated. And I've been to Montrose, I've been to Forfar, you know, we've been down to Stranraer, we've been to Peterhead, been to Elgin. You know, and the supporters have travelled the length and breadth of the country. And some people are saying, you know, why are they over-celebrating? It's only a title. Well, they have spent a lot of money. They've had a lot of suffering, a lot of disappointment. You know, people taking over the club, using the club, not treating things right, not doing things right. Lots of players coming in, taking lots of money and moving on. They've been the constant. I remember, I think, they played Montrose back in, in 2012 or 13. 50-odd thousand at Ibrox for a League 2 game is incredible, Paul. So they've been through the mire and that's why they want to celebrate and that's but, why they should enjoy watching their team playing. But Stephen, the team as well, I, I know well. Rangers wouldn't have wanted to have been down there but the fact that they were and they were filling out all these lower league sort of teams, fantastic for the lower leagues, yeah. for, them, for them particular yeah. teams, getting full houses and yeah, you know, the, some money. financially as well, yeah. you know, with that. So it was, I, it was good. I think it was Albion Rovers were the only club mm. who never played against them. Is that right? League. Yeah. Because wow. when Rangers won League Two, they get relegated from League One and they passed mm. them by. Oh, yeah. And they were on up through <laughs> course, yeah. I think yeah. I, th- I think they're the only one. And they didn't come directly straight back up. They spent two years in the Champions League. Yeah, they, they spent yeah, two years in the Championship. I thought so. When Ali was in charge, of course, and uh, he did so much for the club as well because, you know, who was running it? Nobody knew and Ali was there and then he got stick from the fans. But I think in time, that what Ali McCoyce did for Rangers, he surely yeah, is they, a legend. And, and, then yeah. the, and then they banned him. Yeah, I know, I know. Is he a legend, Ali McCoyce oh, at for, Rangers? For, for his goals I mean, at Rangers, top, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Do you know what? Even Celtic supporters would say Ali McCoyce is a legend. That's right, yeah. You know, there's some, yeah. there's some uh, of your rivals who people don't like and they despise yeah. for some yeah. reason or another. Ali McCoy's has always been the one, you know, he's been Scottish football favourite. I, th- I think the majority, probably the majority of supporters at other clubs, Paul, like his demeanour and like mm-hmm. how he goes about things. He's always yeah, very he's infectious character, yeah, Ali, he isn't he? He's always laughing. He certainly is. Well, let's get him back on. all the time. Super Ali, he'll be there today. I'm sure he is on he's Sky. We saw him studio. earlier on. Yeah, they'll be there. And uh, Chris Boyd, no doubt, as well, will be smiling from uh, the length of the Copeland Road there at Ibrox. As well, he might, as Rangers lift the title. They'll get the trophy after uh, the full time this afternoon. So that'll be what? Hibs. Hibs. Tips, chance for Hibs. Oh, oh, the bar. Still nil-nil, John. What was that there? Chance for Hibs, but... Uh, Way over the top. Yes, yep. it was. It was. Uh, it was right centre forward. Uh, Twenty-five yards right, out, and he just smashes it well, on the bar. A, that's a Murrayfield shot, isn't yeah. it? Way over the top. What's happening? Rangers uh, still two up. Yeah. Well, naturally they've got a lift from getting the second goal. They've got a little sparkle back into their play. Ryan Kent has been terrific. Joe Rebo done this left hand side. The deadly duo. It's normally Borna Barisic and Ryan Kent, but certainly Joe Rebo has filled in well. He's able to get forward. And Aberdeen have taken a knock because they were probably having their best spell of possession when it was 1-0. But as soon as it goes to 2-0, then you think to yourself, well, there's no way back now. You know, going to Ibrox, being 2-0 down at half-time, 
not you want to try and keep the score down they're just putting up a heat map or average positions of Aberdeen and more often than not all 11 players of Aberdeen are in their own half so that tells you how dominant Rangers have been in possession Half time at Easter Road Hibs against Celtic John Hartson nil 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 uh, Celtic have been uh, they've knocked it about quite well without taking any of their opportunities they haven't sort of peppered Marciano's goal Edward, you could say slightly unlucky, put in a magnificent free kick from 20 yards, curled it in the top corner. It was it was disallowed because the wall had jumped too early and Callum and sorry and Willie Willie Callum disallowed it. Um but not not great Celtic. On top, better, but you'd expect them to. This is yep. this is Hibbs' reserves, mm. you know, so you'd expect them to win in front. They never took their chances. Stephen Craig in halftime yep. at Ibrox. Yeah, it is 2-0 to Rangers and I think they've been well worthy of their victory. But when you go to Ibrox, you can't afford to concede after four minutes, Paul, and expect to get something out of the game. I think the two Aberdeen goals, as well as Rangers have done for them, they've been soft. I think they've been avoidable from all aspects. So, you know, you can't afford to give the Scottish champions that foot up. You can't afford to give them any more encouragement than what they already have. So, uh, Stephen Glass has got a big team talk at halftime. For Stephen Gerrard, he will say, go and enjoy the game. Go and enjoy the occasion. You've earned the right to be in this position. You're in full flow. You're, you're in your rhythm. Aberdeen won't have enough to stop you. Do you want a bovril, a cup of tea, coffee or something a at halftime? Tea, you're a cup of tea. Football people, it's always a cup of tea. A cup of, a cup of tea, man. Yeah. A cup, of, yeah. cup of rosy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never drank tea and coffee in my life. No, I remember I you said. Yeah. Coffee, so okay. I can have a bovril if there's one there. Okay. Stick the vodka and uh, rum. Yeah. Well, not in the same glass, John, but yeah. News from McDermott Park. News coming in. Nil-nil at halftime. <laughs> I told you. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.